0: prayer for a servant at his house and the lord said man just it's already done and when he got home they, he found his servant was healed and they said man what time did it happen when he told him he said that's the same time i was praying that same time i went to jesus and with it and, and so he knew that the lord had done that and he had not seen it yet but he just believed the word of the Lord. And I'm telling you today, you may not see it right now, but you might get home and get a phone call or you might wake up tomorrow and you just walk right smack dab into that answer and realize, hey, I was praying for that yesterday and God was working on my behalf. Praise God. Thank you for praying for miracles today. God's a miracle worker. Praise the Lord. Remember to continue to pray. We, we did this at the beginning of our 11 o'clock service because we had... had just got the call a few minutes before that but remember to pray for Sister Jamie's dad for for, uh, Kelvin because we we haven't heard anything else yet so we're waiting to hear how he's doing but let's pray for him believe everything's going to be all right with him in Jesus name and I'm excited now for the word of the Lord. Son come this morning and preach let's give the Lord a hand as he comes this morning
1: just keep giving that to the Lord for a moment Feel the Holy Ghost in this room. Listen, there is only freedom in this house today. If you feel like you're in this place in chains, I'm telling you right now, all you've got to do is drop them. Because when you walk into the presence of the Lord, the lock can't stay on those chains. I might hold on to the chains, but where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Liberty. That means as soon as I walk through the doors, as soon as I walk into the presence of God, chains unlock. I've just got to drop them. So You know what you can't do if you're holding on to chains? You can't lift your hands. I wish somebody would lift your hands right now and let the chains fall on the floor. There is only freedom and liberty in this house today. Somebody shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Somebody pray in the Holy Ghost. Yeah, Come on, I'm going to get you with me. Forget about your problems for a minute. Forget about your situation for a minute. And realize I'm in the house, in the presence of the Lord. And there is liberty. Whoa. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. Come on, it might not all be going your way, but just look where you're standing right now. You win. You win. You win. You win. win. Don't care what's going on, you're going to come out on top. I'm telling you in Jesus' name. Thanks be to God who gives us the victory. Thank you, Jesus. There is nothing, nothing like the church, being a part of the church being a part of the body. I know we talked a lot about that today, but I just, I feel that and I'm so thankful. You know, if I'm hurting, I have brothers and sisters that pray with me, lift me up. I'm not worshiping alone. I'm not praising alone. Weep together, laugh together, go through things together, break bread together, have fun together, go through things together. There's just nothing like, I can't imagine, I know that the Lord always be with me, but I can't imagine doing this without my church family, without being a part of the body. I'm so thankful that God made us a part of this body. Amen? Amen. You can turn with me to Exodus chapter 17. Exodus chapter 17, going we'll to start in verse 8. I'll let you be seated. Then came Amalek and fought with Israel and Rephidim. And Moses said unto Joshua, Choose us out, men, and go out and fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on the top of the hill with the rod of God in my hand. So Joshua did as Moses had said to him. By the way, I'm not going where you think I'm going with this. You're like, Jake's already preached this. I haven't. <laughs> so Joshua did as Moses said to him, fought with Amalek. Moses, Aaron, and Hur went up to the top of the hill. It came to pass when Moses held up his hand that Israel prevailed. When he let down his hand, Amalek prevailed. But Moses' hands were heavy. They took a stone put it under him. He sat there on, and Aaron and Hur stayed up his hands, the one with the one side, the other with the other side, and his hands were steady till the going down of the sun. We need to hold each other's hands up. And Joshua discomfited Amalek. And his people with the edge of the sword. And the Lord said unto Moses, Write this for a memorial in a book. And rehearse it in the ears of Joshua. For I will utterly put out the remembrance of Amalek from under heaven. And Moses built an altar. And called the name of it Jehovah Nissi. Or Jehovah Nisi. Tomato, tomato. For he said, because the Lord has sworn that the uh, Lord will have war with Amalek from generation to generation. I want to preach just for a few minutes today with the help of the Holy Ghost. God is our banner. Mm. God is our banner. Lift your hands. Lord Jesus, I thank you for the, the peace, the comfort, Lord, the things that you've done in this house today. Lord, it's a privilege, and we're thankful to be able to be in your presence and be together. Lord, unified in one mind and one accord, I, I love your house and I love your presence. And I pray for a few minutes today that you would help us to receive your word that you are trying to speak to us. We want to be made better. We want to understand your word and we want to be who you've called us to be. So help us today in the name of Jesus. Clap your hands as you say in Jesus' name. Somebody shout hallelujah. Amen. You can be seated. Jehovah Nissi. It means God is my banner. There's all kinds of Jehovah Jireh. You know, all these different, you can name just a ton of them. I'm going to start naming them and be like, get something wrong. Jehovah giraffe or something. I, I can't start trying to. Jehovah Nissi, God is my banner. That's what it means. If You look at uh, you know old battles, ancient warfare and things. They uh, on the battlefield they would fly the banner of the the army or the cause or the nation that they were fighting for. They would fly that banner. It was chaos on the battlefield, all kinds of stuff going on. They would fly that banner, it would have, you know, whatever on it, a lion or an eagle or, you know, something something cool, and uh, they would know there's our banner, and they would rally under that, and when they saw that, that banner waving, they'd know, you know, we're still in this, and. Uh, and it helped It helped reduce confusion on the battlefield. They would fly these banners. They would rally up under that banner. And it was more than just a, a logo. It was more than just the emblem of the nation or the army they were fighting for. It meant something to rally up under that banner in battle. It meant something for that banner to be flying. It meant something for that banner to be held high in a battle. And I'm telling you... I'm going to preach this as best I can today and convey it, try and convey it the way the Lord has, has spoken to me. But the Lord spoke to me in an undeniable way. That the enemy is trying to cause confusion among the army of God in these last days. And we are in the last days. You know what 2020 did, what COVID did? It put everybody in rapture mode. Well, it didn't put everybody in rapture mode. Some of it put in just stupid mode. But it put a lot of p- church people in rapture mode. And every day, I'm going to get baptized every weekend. And I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm fasting every day because I know in just at any second, here comes the rapture. Look what's going on all around it. People, re- they're getting rid of stuff and reconnecting and giving their life to God. I'm going to be at church every time the doors are open. I, you know, all this stuff. It put everybody in rapture mode. You're here and look what's going on around us. You see, you see what's going on. But now, oh, we don't have to wear masks anymore. The rapture's got to be at least 30 years off now. <laughs> They're lifting mandates and people starting to gather for Braves games again. And it must not be the end. Must not be yet. I'm gonna tell you in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye. Better be careful about folding your hands for a little sleep. At this time right now, you've got to realize it don't matter what the way of this world does. You look at what's going on, you see the signs and realize we're in the last days. And the enemy would love to cause confusion among the saints, among the army of God in these last days. And there is much confusion and much chaos on the battlefield in this war that we are fighting. Because too many Christians are not rallying under the same banner. Say lie. Pause and think about this for a minute. There's a lot of confusion and a lot of chaos and a lot of strife and a lot of division among the church because people, the people of God, people that call themselves Christians, people that call themselves saints are not rallying under the same banner. People have got banners that they, they look similar enough. But it's not the same. They say, "Well, over here is where we're going to win." No, over here is where we're going to win. We got more people over here. Well, it looks better over here. Well, the view's better over here. Well, it's safer over here. There's not as much fighting over here. I'm going to stand here with my banner. You stay, stick with your banner. I don't care. It's my banner or no banner. But God is our banner. Let me tell you something about the Amalekites that they were fighting right here. The Amalekites, they were, uh, they were descendants of Esau. Esau who sold his birthright for a bowl of beans. Who just for momentary pleasure gave up his birthright. Gave up his inheritance. Gave up the things that were promised for him because he wanted comfort in that one moment. Gave it up for something that would fade and pass away. Gave it up for something that really meant nothing. And you know what? He was dramatic. I'm going to die if I don't get some beans right now. That's funny. It sounds funny. But that's what people do in the church. This little inconvenience I'm not going to be able to take it. I can't hang in there. I've got to give in and get this, and I don't care what I have to give up for this momentary pleasure that means nothing and will not satisfy me. That's who the Amalekites descended from. You know what else about the Amalekites? They were nomads. They were wanderers. They had no promised land. They wandered around from place to place, just like people do in this world today. Uh, Well, it's not good enough here, so I'll wander here. A few months later, it's not good enough here, so I'll wander here. And they're all over the place. They got no solid foundation. They're just wandering. That's the Amalekites. That's who they were fighting. They had their banner. But at the end of this battle... Moses said God is our banner, and that's why we won. But it does say that the Lord has sworn that the Lord will have war with Amalek from generation to generation. There's something to be noticed here. There's a connection that you can make here between the people of God under the banner of God. and the spirit that we war against is nomadic it sells out and compromises for temporary pleasure there's a connection to be made between the people of god and their banner and the amalekites and everything that they were now this kind of preaching might not be popular And I understand that there are many that are doing their best and have not yet even heard truth preached to them yet. But I'm tired of looking around the battlefield and seeing a thousand different banners flying. Does anybody understand what I'm saying today? We have got to raise the banner of truth in this last day and rally under it and stop fighting about whose banner looks better and how I can improve this banner and what I can add to this banner what I can take away from this banner and realize that it's not my banner God is my banner God is our banner and there is one banner to rally up under in these last days God is our banner hey if you believe that there's one God how many believe there's one God then you better know there's but one banner. If God is the banner, then there is one banner to rally up under. And you, we, we don't get victory if we're scattered all over the battlefield fighting for whose way is right and whose way is wrong. Look to the banner and rally up under the banner and do what God said to do and fight how God said to fight and you'll have victory in the end. I love you, but I've got to stand for truth. I love you, but I'm still not going to compromise and I'm not going to conform in these last days because there's a banner that's easier to carry and there's a banner that's easier to lift up or there's a banner that looks prettier or there's a banner that's more inclusive or there's a banner that's more relevant or there's a banner that's less offensive or there's a banner that's easier to wave I can't do it. I love you, but I'm not going to lie to you and tell you that there are many different ways to God because they're not. You either serve the Lord or you don't serve the Lord. I'm sorry. I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. And I'm not trying to beat up on you, but I'm trying to fight against something today. You either serve the Lord or you don't serve the Lord. And God, help all the people who don't know any better. I'm going to preach to them. I hope that you'll preach to them. Show them the truth. Show them the way. But I'm talking about today people that know the truth. That know this banner. But they want to fly something different. you got to ask yourself today, what banner are you flying? I'll ask you this, and this might seem silly, but what God are you serving? What God are you serving? Buckle up. We've got a lot of idol worshiping Christians. They worship something that they have molded and shaped and customized. Because it's easier to worship an idol that will allow them to do anything they want to do than to worship a living God who will actually require something of them. They don't have to submit to something that they made themselves. All this new revelations that people are getting, it's not a new revelation. It's selfishness, and it's deception, and it's perversion. I got this new revelation, and God doesn't really require this of me. You know what they're doing? They got something that it looked like God. And now they're, well, I don't like this piece. I'm going to cut this piece off. I don't like this piece. I'm going to reshape this piece. And they say, I'm worshiping God. But they're worshiping an idol. They're worshiping something that they created. Worshiping an idea that they formed. It's an idea of God that they made. And it's an idol. They might even call that idol Jesus. But you can't make Jesus anything other than, Than what he is. And they that worship him. Must worship him in spirit. And in truth. And you cannot customize the truth. God is not to be remade in my image. But we are made in the image of God. I am supposed to conform to his image. Not try and shape him in my image. No running the aisles today. If it'll help us check ourselves. Modern idolatry may not be as much bowing down to an image carved of wood or made of gold. But it's a life, it's living a life according to what is right in my eyes, in my understanding, my truth. I hate that phrase. Tell your truth. Speak your truth. Okay, I get the sentiment with some of that stuff. There is no my truth. I'm not going to tell anybody, speak your truth. I don't care about your truth. I'm sorry. I love you. I don't care about your truth. I care about the truth. That's the only truth that matters. Because there's no my truth. There's no your truth. There is the truth. Idolatry, it's not just worshiping something completely different from God. Rarely will you ever find that Israel, even in the times that they were in trouble with God, you'll, rarely will you ever find, if ever, that they just completely left God altogether, just put Him off. It, it was always that they, they had God, but then they were always serving something else. They, they were always holding on to something else with the other hand. Idolatry is having divided worship, divided commitment, divided devotion. Holding on to God with one hand and reaching to other things with the other hand. You can study and see a place in scripture that the the Israelites, they they were getting on the rooftops and they would worship God in full view of everyone. Where everyone could see them worshiping God. But then down in their house, they had idols that they were worshiping. They had idols that they were burning incense to. They had idols that were carved out of wood and gold. And I ain't talking about Christmas trees. I'm talking about they, they would cut things down and they would form it in these images. And they would bow down to these images and worship it. And then get on the rooftop and worship God. Yeah. Idolatry. And there's a lot of Christians today... That they stand on the rooftop in full view of everyone. And they worship God. They say, I'm worshiping Jesus. I'm worshiping God. Jesus is my Savior. But down in their house, down in the basement where nobody can see, they got idols set up. And they got ideas in their minds that they hold on to and they cling to and they worship and it controls them and it's idolatry. You want to know something? If you can't let it go, it's an idol. I'm not talking about like, okay, this, this is not going to be easy, but I can let it go. I'm talking about if you cannot bring yourself to let it go, it's probably an idol. It might not even been intended to ever be an idol. But because I cannot let it go. If you will argue until your last breath on something, instead of just saying, you know what, I just believe the Word of God. If you will argue and defend your conviction to your last breath, it's probably not a conviction, it's probably an idol. If you will, if you will fight with a brother or sister until you're blue in the face about something that's kind of a gray area in the Word of God, it's probably an idol. And you need to check yourself and say, I'd rather be devoted. I'd rather be committed. I'd rather be completely sold out than to have to guess and hope that this doesn't keep me out of heaven one day. I think I'll just do what the Word of God says. You can't customize and add accessories to the truth of the Word of God. And I'm tired of seeing wishy-washy Christians. I'm tired. I know I seem mad. I'm not mad. I'm just, there's a holy frustration in me in these last days. Because I want to see people right. I want, it's not so I can, it does nothing. For, I mean, you know, it encourages me to see people living for God. But it, they're not living for God for me I just want to see people saved. What burdens my heart is when I see people walking away from truth. That's what burdens my heart. What burdens my heart is when I see God trying to speak to people and they're doing this. It's, it's not going to make me lost, but I don't want them to be lost. It's not so I can keep my thumb on somebody. It's not so I can, we can be some kind of cult or something. I want to see people walking with God. I want to see people saved. I hate to see people deceived especially by their own self I'm all for being patient and sweet and kind and understanding and long suffering and showing mercy and compassion but we must stand for truth we have got to stand for truth hey this month there's a lot of banners being waved One in particular. And it's being marched down streets. And it's, they're waving it. I don't hate those people. I wouldn't dare condemn those people. And I wouldn't dare dare be ugly to someone. Just like I wouldn't be ugly to any other uh, sinner in any kind of sin. But you know what I can't do? I can't say, that's okay the age that we live in, anything goes and it's fine. That's not love. I'm doing, uh, anybody living in sin, I'm doing a disservice to them by telling them it's not sin. But if I can wave the banner, and maybe in this battlefield they can see that banner and make their way to that banner and maybe somehow rally up under that banner and a soul is saved, I'm not doing anybody any good by standing down and saying Look, I still love this banner, but I'm going to keep this banner tucked away because it's offensive. It's not as inclusive. Uh, it, this is, you know, this is 2021, and there's a lot of things that are different now. I tell you what has not changed is the Lord is our banner, God is our banner, and He is the same yesterday and today and forever. Oh, man, I know you want to be running the aisles, and I'm so sorry. But I've got to tell you that we have got to stand for truth in these last days. We've got to stand for truth in these last days. Ephesians 4, verse 13, says, Till we all come in the unity of the faith, of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, To the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Notice how it says we got to come into unity of the faith. That we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro, and carried about with every wind of doctrine, by the slight of men, and cunning craftiness, whereby they live in wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love... May grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. There it is, right there. There's deceit out there. People walk away from God, they, they walk away from the church, they walk, to, they walk away from truth. They might not walk away from a church, they walk away from truth. Some people walk away altogether. They say it's because all, all, the, all they do, man, especially the apostolic church, all they do is just, it's all traditions of men. It's all traditions. Say, I, I, we're not supposed to follow traditions. Well, Paul said at one point to, to hold on to, to the traditions that you've been taught. But he's not talking about traditions of men. He's talking about the things that God has said from the beginning. There's some traditions that we hold on to. Because they're not traditions made by men, but they're traditions put in place by God. And tradition might be an ugly word to you, but I'm going to hold fast to do the traditions that we have been taught from the beginning. Okay. But we've got to speak, just what it says here, speaking the truth in love. people say I, well i just want to show love so i'm not going to do all that no you can't tell me you can't tell me you love somebody if you won't tell them the truth you can't tell me that you love somebody and care for their soul if you won't tell them the truth they might not accept the truth it might take them a little while to accept the truth but you can't tell me that you love their soul that you love them if you won't tell them the truth And we can't be a church that says we love people and we love souls. But we say, well, it's 2021 and anything goes. And there's a lot of new revelations out there. All it is just God is love. God is love. That's all it is. God is love. And God does love you just like you are. And God does love the people out there just like they are. But he loved us too much. He loved us before He ever hung on that cross. He loved us before we were out of our mother's womb. He loved us. But He loves us too much to let us stay in sin and things that separate us from Him. God is our banner. We've got to make up in our minds today. I I wish somebody would hear me just for another couple minutes. We've got to make up in our mind as the church. Man, I'm thankful for the fellowship that we have. I'm thankful for the good times that we have. I'm thankful that we can do fun things like get together on, on a 4th of July night and shoot fireworks right after we worship Jesus. I'm thankful for these things that we do. I'm thankful that we have each other. Thankful the, for the blessings. Thankful for the, the good music. Thankful we have a beautiful building and, and some people are worshiping God underground. I'm thankful for the things that we have. Thankful for all that God does for us. Thankful for all that God's doing. All that He's promised. The things that I expect to see Him do because He said He will do. I'm Thankful. But in all that, we cannot lose sight of our identity, of who God has made us. We've got to remember that when we rally together, we rally under the same banner. And that is the banner of truth. That is the banner of God. God is that banner. There's always a war. And from generation to generation, it's been. There's always been a war between... The church of the living God, the people of the living God, and the spirit of the Amalekites that wander from place to place, that are willing to give up something so that they can have carnal pleasure, they can have fleshly satisfaction. Those two spirits always war against each other. When you see somebody giving up something, that's that Amalekite mentality. That's our Malachite spirit. This is just—it's just not worth it to hold on to this. Pastor's lesson was so good today. People—people people walk away from the walk away from the church because of it, one hurt or one inconvenience, and blame it. But it's their decision. Am I helping anybody today? We need to be like David protecting those sheep. Draw a line and say, not even one. Not even one. When the bears and the lions come out of the woods, we need to hold on to the truths that we know. We need to hold on to these things that we hold dear We need to hold on to this doctrine that we know to be true, to this salvation message that we know to be true. You need to hold on to holiness inward and outward and say not even one. This bear, this lion, is not going to get even one of these sheep. It's not going to get one of these truths out of my hand. I'm not going to give up one of these things. I will not disconnect with one of these statutes, with one of these commandments, with one thing that God has given me to live by. Not even one. Not even one. In Exodus twelve, and I'm I'm getting ready to close, but let me make one more point to you. Music can come. Give me just a, just another minute. In Exodus twelve, the Israelites were given specific instructions about how to be saved from the final plague of death that was about to come through Egypt. They were given specific instructions. If you do this, you'll live and you'll come out of Egypt. And if you don't, well, death is knocking at the door. there were not many different groups of israelites in egypt that all had their own thing going they heard from god and god alone and if they did something it was cuz god told them to do it and it didn't matter what anybody else said and when this plague was coming there were not many different ways He didn't say, take your pick of how you want to avoid this plague of death. There were not many different ways. The lamb that they had in their house mattered. The way that they prepared it mattered. The sacrifice of that lamb mattered. The application of the blood mattered. Come on, somebody. They were commanded to eat all of that lamb. The lamb that they had in their house, and there's a whole different message. I, I heard recently a whole different message on this passage. It said the lamb is too large. It said if you got too much of the lamb in your house, take it to your neighbor's house and give it to them. We need to be sharing the lamb with somebody. The lamb's too big to just keep in this house. That's a whole different message. But they were commanded to eat all of the lamb. They weren't putting it in Tupperware bowls. They weren't putting it in the fridge and saving it for later. Said there ain't going to be any later. This plague is coming and I'm getting ready to take you out of Egypt. How many know that there's some things coming, but the Lord's getting ready to snatch the church out of here? Well, guess what? It matters the way I prepare for my exodus. All of that lamb, you better eat it. This isn't some religious buffet where you pick and choose what you do and don't want to eat. You don't pick over this lamb and say, I don't like that part as much. You eat the whole thing. I love the way that it describes as it goes through. You see the the way that uh, they're being commanded. Moses is speaking to them, giving them the instructions. At first, it says when it talks about the lamb, it says you're going to take a lamb. There's a lot of people. They, they know about Jesus, they know about the Lord, and they, uh, you know, he's just a lamb. He's just, he's just, he's, he's another option, he's another way, he's, he's just a lamb. But then, the next time he mentions the lamb, he says, you're going to take the lamb. If you start to do some things right, you start, get, they, they kept this lamb in their house for a few days beforehand. They cared for it and for it and nurtured it. You start keeping this lamb around. You start caring about the instructions about this lamb. You start caring about the sacrifice. You start caring about the application of the blood. Then it won't just be a lamb. You'll start to realize this, this is the lamb. This is the way. Anybody know what I'm saying? Anybody been around long enough to know that? I know that this is the way. the next time he mentions that lamb he says you're going to take your lamb and it goes from being just a lamb to being the lamb there's a lot of people that know the truth but is anybody ready to say this is my lamb this is my lamb it's not just another lamb and I know that it's the lamb but it's my lamb and the way that I care for it matters And the way that it's sacrificed matters. And the application of the blood matters. And the way that I prepare it matters. And what I do with it matters. Because I want to get up out of Egypt when it's time to go. We need to get under that banner. We need to get under That same banner of truth. We don't beat people to death with the truth. And if somebody's not in their walk with God, where you are in your walk with God, you don't look down on them. You don't condemn them. You don't think less of them. Don't you dare. But somebody's got to hold a banner, raise up a standard, so that there's something that somebody can look to and see. You know, at the end of every ba- battle, that banner is still standing. I've seen a lot of banners rise and fall. I've seen a lot of banners get tore up and get burned. But there's something about that banner that still stands after every battle. In all the turmoil and all the mess, that banner is still standing. That army is still winning. That people is still thriving. But somebody has got to rally up under this same banner. We've got to get in one mind and one accord and realize that we're not here to facilitate many different beliefs, but we're here to share the one gospel, the one truth, the one way of salvation. That's not mean, and it's not ugly, and it's not elitist, it's, it's the truth. I'll say it again, we are not here to facilitate many different beliefs, but we're here to share and stand the one way of salvation. You can stand with me. There's a flood coming as the days of Noah were. There's a flood coming. But there's one ark. One ark built with specifications. The kind of wood mattered, the dimensions mattered, the way it was built mattered. The materials that were used mattered. And there was one ark. There weren't other little lifeboats around the ark. And there was no one clinging to the outside of the ark. You got into that ark, or you were lost in the flood. There's an ark. I want to be in that ark. There's one truth. Come on. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. The Lord said, I'm the way, I'm the truth, and I'm the life. Is anybody ready to? Hey, if you've been struggling, I wish you'd just, I, I wish you'd. Give your thoughts, your emotions, your struggles, the things you've been dealing with. I wish you'd give it to the Lord today. And for others, maybe you just need to just reaffirm, recommit. I'm going to stand for truth, and I'm going to stand under this banner. Listen, church, let me say this, and I'll let you come to these altars. How many know and believe the promises of God for not just the church as a whole, but for this body? For this city, for this community, for your family, for your school, for your workplace, for the people that you know. How many believe that we will see everything that God has said we will see? How many believe that God works everything for our good? Because we're called according to His purpose. If we're going to see and do and be everything that we're meant and called to be. We can't be raising a bunch of different banners. But we've got to hold that one banner and say, whosoever will. I feel the Holy Ghost on that. There's got to be one banner that's standing tall. But whosoever will, let him come whosoever will let him come this banner is not to wave you away this banner is not is not to wave you back and get you out of here this banner is to say whosoever will let him come but there's got to be one banner we don't want people looking around saying where do i go which one is the right banner hold the banner of truth and say whosoever will Come and come and drink. All you that thirst, come and drink. All you that are burdened and heavy laden, come to the Lord. Can we come to these altars today? And somebody make up in your mind, I'm gonna stand under the banner of truth. Hey, and you know what? Just like this battle, I'm going to hold up somebody else's hand. My brothers, my sisters, if I see them, if I see the arms getting weak, I'm going to hold up their arms. I'm going to hold up their hands. And I'm going to stand for truth.
2: Defend us, Lord. Defend us, Lord. Lift up the standard. Raise up.
1: I want you to find someone stand next to them. Want us to stand together today. Listen. Let me just let me just say this in the plainest way that I know how to say it. We're a part. We are the Apostolic Church. The church, the only church that was birthed on that day of Pentecost. We believe this salvation message. Believe what the Word of God says. Let me say this plainly. We don't hate people that are not like us. We don't hate people that are not part of the church. We don't hate people that are living their own way in this world. And we do not hate other denominations. Yes, we're the apostolic church. We don't hate Baptist church. We don't hate the Methodist church. We don't hate Lutheran. We don't hate people. But if you'll forgive me, you've got to hear what I'm saying and understand. There is one truth. I want everybody. That's why we gotta preach it, because the Lord said, preach it. He said, take the gospel. You know what lots of differences in the body of Christ creates? It creates confusion and it creates chaos. This is not about falling in line in some cult. We're a city set on a hill that cannot be hid. We are the light of the world. There's enough confusion and chaos in this world. There's, a, there's enough unreliability in this world and in the systems of this world today. But the church of the living God has got to stand firm on this truth and say we're not going to waver. We're not going to change with the times. And we're not going to change because it makes anybody feel more comfortable. But we're gonna wave this banner in love, but we're gonna wave it with steadfastness and say, Whosoever will, let him come. We've got to be that city set on a hill. We have got to be that light of the world because there is only one way. I want you to lift the hand of the person next to you. If you can, it's appropriate. I want you to take the hand of the person next to you. I want you to lift it up to heaven and not be led by my prayer. I want you to pray over this body and over your brothers and your sisters. Hold their hands up. Hold their hands up just like we read. Hold their hands up.
2: Who yeah. you Somebody needs to speak it out and say, God is our banner. Is our banner. He
1: has never lost, He's never lost a battle. A battle. Who are you we win in the end, church. We win. You should not bow oh, somebody pray for your brother and sister right now. Lift them up. Lift your voice. You can take just another minute and lift your voice. I'm going to stand for truth we're going to raise this banner together and we're going to reach this world
2: Another minute. The Holy Ghost is moving. Come on, just
1: you see someone praying, stretch your hands that way.
2: said in the
1: victory! thing you know let me say it this way I feel this in the Holy Ghost you need to stop feeling bad and guilty for claiming that you know the truth you need to stop feeling bad like you're going to hurt somebody's feelings because you know the truth It's the way that you speak the truth. The Bible said, speak the truth in love. But we need to rejoice and realize what a beautiful thing it is to be the church of the living God and to know the truth. This is, let me, I'm sorry, I'm trying to close. People look a lot of times, they say, well, how come these churches that don't preach what we preach, they've got thousands upon thousands of people in stadiums every Sunday? I believe that there's going to come a time when there's going to be a switch. That when it comes down to the wire and some things begin to really happen. There's going to be a flood of people that are going to look and they're going to say I don't see those other banners standing up anymore, but there's one banner right there that I see and it's the Apostolic Church and it doesn't matter Who filled what stadium before? There's gonna come a time in these last days that they're gonna say, Where did the other banners go? But I see one banner. I see one point of light in the darkness. And they're gonna flood to the truth. But somebody's gotta be holding the truth. So don't you be discouraged in the face of rejection because there's gonna come a time they're gonna say, that is it. That's it. I remember somebody telling me the truth. And I, but they got to be able to find you again. So don't you be discouraged. Because we are the church of the living God. And I'll say this before I hand it to pastor. That I love being a part of the church of the living God. But I love my church family. To preach things like this. Sometimes it can be hard. But I would not, if I had my pick, if I could customize every detail of my life, I wouldn't go anywhere else. I love my church. And I love this people. And that's why I obey the Lord if He wants to speak something like this to us. Because I believe we can rally under this truth. And rally under this banner. And in the last days... Athens and the surrounding counties and cities and Winterville, they're going to look and they're going to see one point of light in the darkness and they're going to say that's where I've got to go because they've got the truth and that banner is still standing. I love you church. I'm going to give this to pastor. God bless you.
0: Well let's give the Lord a hand for that word today. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You know, people, that kind of preaching, the Lord has really preached to his church today. And that kind of preaching is so vital to our existence. And if you don't think that that's the kind of preaching the church needs, then I want you to go home and read Romans chapter 1 today see we like Romans five, and if you know, God commends His love toward us and while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us, and we like you know, Romans 10 and verses nine and 10, and you know all I got to do is call on the name of the Lord and I'll be saved. And, but Paul started that letter out wide open, and he even mentioned in that day that the church had the same issues. He said, for they changed the truth of God into a lie. That's what he said, verse 25, 1 and 25. They changed the truth of God into a lie. He said, and they worshiped the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. And it's happening in this world today. They're, They're changing the truth of God into a lie. And Worshipping the creature, that's self-worship. Worship Worship my life, worship my things, worship my idols. He was right on the mark with it today. And before we ever got to some of those lovely scriptures we quote about salvation and and God's mercy and grace, Paul addressed, you can't be changing the truth into a lie. Praise God. Thankful for truth preaching today. I want to hang on. The Bible said in the last days that if possible the very elect would be deceived, but if you know the truth, I'm thankful for young men that'll stand up and preach the truth today. Amen. Give the Lord another hand clap and shout of praise in this house. What a great God! What a great God! The Lord's so good to yeah. us. I'll remind you tomorrow night prayer at seven o'clock. Wednesday night seven o'clock we'll have church in here. Well, you guys have regeneration service on Friday this week. Regeneration will be meeting for youth service on Friday night uh, this coming up week, so probably y'all's first youth service in the new with the new carpet. So go on there and break it in right, and have just good Holy Ghost Church. But Sunday the fourth, a week from today, we will not be here at six o'clock uh, that evening. Sunday evening we will be at brother and sister Harold's house. So you, you want to get there a little before six. We'll try to start the service on time so we can get through with our church, we're not going to rush that part, we just want to get through with that then we're going to have great fellowship and a great time, but before that we're going to, man, get ready to preach and hey, they got a big old swimming pool and we might baptize uh, just a, a bunch of people in their swimming pool, it could happen wouldn't that be great? If We baptize about 50 people in this what a 4th of July that would be, would it? So invite somebody to, to come and let's have a great time in the Lord Have a beautiful week. Pray for those that we mentioned today. We believe God's going to do great things. We love you, and you are dismissed in Jesus' name. God bless you.